This episode was originally a live conversation which took place at Star Summit 2022. 20 years ago, if you had asked the doctor, why do we age, the answer would have been, well, it's genetical. And what happened now is we know there is nine reasons to age. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Hey everyone, let me introduce you to our guest today. First is Tobias Reichmuth. He's the founding partner at Maximon, a venture studio company builder focusing on longevity. They already built two successful startups and three more are to follow. Welcome Tobias. And our second guest is Alexander. He's the uh, founder and CEO at Selvi, a seed stage venture developing myco- mitochondria-based therapies. Very well, welcome, Alex. Hello. So before we actually start talking about longevity and the path to longevity, Tobias has two slides that he would like to share. I hope they're going to show up here to tell us what longevity is all about to set the stage. Yeah, well, thank you very much, Silvan, and uh, pleasure to be here. I started here some years ago. Um, why this is in Chinese, I have simply no clue. Let's look at this one. So, what we talk about when we talk on longevity, it's not eternal life. It's about extension of health span. And with this slide, I just want to show one thing. In Switzerland today, you get 83 years old in average. Yeah? Statistics. The problem is we only have 71 years in good health. After 71, you are confronted with health-induced sicknesses from cardiovascular to skin cancer, um, Parkinson, and so on. And this makes your life miserable. So when I talk about longevity and the companies we build at Maximum in longevity, it's all about extension of health span. One more thing, uh, why is this topic hot now? I mean, uh, 2,500 years ago, every king, every dictator, and today, uh, Alexander just mentioned it, all the businessmen like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, they think they want to live long and forever because, you know, they have to believe that Earth needs them. Now, this is the first time that we actually understand aging. Uh, 20 years ago, if you had asked the doctor, why do we age, the answer would have been, well, it's genetical. And what happened now is we know there is nine reasons to age. Uh, these are the nine hallmarks of aging. You don't have to look at that in detail. I think important is to understand that that's a paper from 2013, which the first time ever brought together all the nine reasons why we age. It's all cell-based. And so now we have a problem called aging. We know now the reasons to that problem, and now we can start working on the solution. And this brings a lot of entrepreneurial potential, building companies, you know. That's why we are here, and that's why I'm fascinated as well. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that introduction to Vias. Alex, I want to start with you right away with the first question. Before you actually got active in the longevity space, you worked in consultancy and medtech. So I wonder, when did you first and also why did you become interested in that space? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for that question. Um, the first interest I developed in longevity was actually in conjunction with the research I did on Salvi's base technology. 
So we were developing mitochondria as a therapeutic modality. So we're using cellular components to heal cells where those components have been damaged. And those mitochondria are actually one of the nine hallmarks of aging. So of course, when I researched this technology, at some point I came across this, let's say, application to aging. And um, of course, once you start reading about the potential to expand your, well, to put it into Bia's words, health span, then you get automatically interest. You want that, right? We all have parents, we all have grandparents. We see them decline in health as they age. And so, of course, we want to help them, and we want to help us not to have that same decline. And so that's how we got here. That's a great motivation. And Tobias, you've been involved in you know, the energy transition in, in crypto, so you've always been a very future-oriented guy. From your perspective, also facing that short intro, what does the ideal human future look like? The, the ideal human future is probably one where you have a purpose until the end of your life and where you're not confronted with any sicknesses until the end of your life. So I'm, I'm not an advocate of eternal life necessarily. But as we just heard, nobody wants to be old and sick when you can be old and healthy. So that, that's the mission here. Uh, we, yeah. we, we want to help people having a good, whatever, 90 years, maybe 100 years. Yeah? Uh, on this planet brings a lot of changes. We will talk about this later, I guess. But the idea is to die as young, as late as possible. I think that's the perfect summary of what longevity is all about. And where do we currently stand in terms of research? You know, what are the hot topics that you're focusing on today? So at Maximum, Maximum is a company builder. And as a company builder, we do not necessarily go for the super long shots, uh, the, the you know, Mars mission. We rather go for things which can deliver a turnover in the next five to six years. And so this means we look at so-called translational science. This is science which can be you know, packaged in a product or a service within the next years, yeah? And what is hot there? Um, we have seen a lot of things happening when it comes down to this cell division. Yeah? Cell division is the problem of aging. And what we have seen up there is, you know, uh, there is various topics where we start to understand the mechanisms. And in some of them, now we have methods of slowing down aging and in a very few, even of rejuvenation. Uh, rejuvenation can be on the telomere side. That's, that's basically uh, yeah, the protection caps of, of uh, the DNA information uh, in mitochondria. Uh, sorry, in, in, um, in the chromosomes. On the other side, uh, and that's something we do with Avea, one of our portfolio companies, uh, we found a way how you can bring uh, your mitochondria, that's the power plant of your cells, to, let's say, a more efficient way of working. And that's by supplementing something which is called NAD+. That's a coenzyme we have in our body. Uh, peak production is when you are 20. So most of you in here are at peak production, and afterwards it's going down. Uh, and so that's something uh, science proven. Yeah, We can supplement today, and that's something we produce as well. Great. And Alex, I wonder, in longevity, you also have sort of a trade-off to make, right, between reversing aging but also curing common illnesses. How do you strike that balance? Where is the focus, if there's any focus at all? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. It's one of the, let's call it, impediments to development in the space. I mean, Tobias just um, told the challenge of aging, which is, or rather, of treating aging, which means it takes a long time to show that something actually works. I mean, if you look at yourself five, ten years ago, you probably haven't changed that much. 
right? But if you want to have a clinically proven, let's say, therapy to slow down aging, you need to show that change, otherwise you cannot make that claim. So the time it takes to get a true aging slowing or reversing um, therapy to market and to money is longer than most investors have in their fund's life cycle, right? So most funds have to be returned within a 10 to 14 year time frame. So what most people do is actually they don't go for reversing aging in the, let's say, first instance. They go for curing a common illness which may have something to do with aging, right? And ideally then that therapeutic modality can be developed towards reversing aging. May I add sure. something here? I think, you know, what we talk about here is all those health problems which come with aging and sicknesses. Well, now, what I would argue, and I'm happy to discuss it, aging itself is a sickness. And WHO already has agreed on the definition of aging being a sickness. None state in the world has done that so far. It will bring quite a lot of implications. But if we start to understand aging as a sickness and not just as a given, then we also have a different understanding because all of us, we want to fight a sickness. If you have a flu, you're not just accepting it. Yeah? You take a medicament. So aging, so far we just say, well, yeah, I'm aging, whatever. But if we see it as a sickness, then let's do something against it. And there are things you can do today, and you should not wait until you're 70. That's something you have to start prevention of the sickness aging at birth, more or less, but definitely when you're in your 20s. So if I may build on this, because you're absolutely right, it's always a money problem, right? It's a money problem from an investment horizon, and that attitude has to change with respect to the investors. But it's also a money problem with respect to reimbursement of the ultimate therapy. As long as it's not acknowledged as a disease, you won't get, or it would be much more difficult to get money for research grants. It would be much more difficult to get a therapy um, reimbursed by the uh, healthcare companies, right? So it's all a lot about money. So Tobias, if we then think about on a very personal level, you know, I say now, okay, I want to have a good life. I want to have uh, longevity, the path to my personal longevity. Where do I start on a very, very personal level? Yeah, and this is, I like the question because sometimes journalists ask you, ah, now you know you did crypto and now you're in longevity, so it's only something for the risk takers and the ultra-rich. Yeah? Now, number one intervention you can do if you want to improve your longevity, eat less and do intermittent fasting. And I would argue you save money with that. So that's number one. And then there is a lot of things, you know, high-intensity training, of course, try not to smoke, don't excessively drink, um, sport in general, social life, taking a cold and hot shower in the morning, it's one of the tougher ones, yeah. Um, and then you can start with certain supplements, yeah. So, uh, you know, there is the crazy people who are in five Facebook groups and uh, whatever, and they take 25 different pills in the morning. I'm not sure whether that's the way. So we all have a personal, personalized path to longevity, and, and that's what we should not forget. You know, we three up here, we have different ages, we, okay, we are all of the same gender, but we have different DNA, different blood group, different history. Yeah? It doesn't mean that we all have to do exactly the same. And that's one of our portfolio companies, uh, Biolitica, is looking into that where we say, hey, what is the personalized path to longevity based on big data, basically? That, that's what we have to do. I think that's a very interesting take. So you basically say, 
well, it doesn't really cost you money, but you just have to start on a personal level. You have to you know, take that cold shower or get enough sleep. Why are we so bad at this? <laughs> Look, it doesn't hurt when you're young. Yeah. Uh, I mean, none of you when you're 20, 25 thinks that aging is a big problem. Right? It's not on top of our head. So why the hell should I not smoke? Or why the hell should I take a cold shower if it's not really pleasant? Yeah. But I, I think if we really start to educate people on the prevention you can achieve with that and make a sport out of the you know, gamification and the like, yeah, mm -hmm. then it becomes interesting. But yeah, for, for me, it was also tough. I mean, I, I was an avid meat eater. And once I learned a bit more about the topic, I said, okay, maybe vegan would be the right base diet. And at the beginning, it was not only fun, but you, know, you find the ways of how to do it. And you actually, in, in my case, I felt a clear improvement. For example, I suddenly got rid of, of hay fever. Uh, yeah. since, since I'm eating vegan diet, I don't have hay fever. Very nice. Absolutely. So Alex, now we live longer and longer. Um, although that's not the ultimate goal, it's about the quality of life. So we still live longer and that also, of course, causes some challenges. You know, I think about the healthcare system, the pension system. So what are the big challenges that we face there by us people, by us humans, living longer and longer? Yeah, it's a, it's a very important question. And I mean, you already phrased it in terms of costs, right? And costs is, um, it's going to come down to the question of whether or not we will stop aging and therefore stop the development of these debilitating diseases, which are the biggest burden to our healthcare system, such as heart disease, right? I think it costs 30 billion in the US alone each year. So the question is, are we going to abolish that development of disease, or are we just delaying it, right? or dragging it out? If we delay and or drag it out, then I think we run into trouble, or we may run into trouble. Um, another question is societal. Right? Um, if you look at the way societies evolve, and I think that's a less well-appreciated problem of aging or challenge, is a lot of societies evolve not because of the old guard accepting, let's say, the impetus, the new ideas from the young. No, it's because they start to phase out, because they get old, they retire, they die, right? I mean, who would want to have a dictator who gets 150 years old, right? And that's a societal issue we also have to address. We cannot just live in the same system and getting much and much older. Our personal happiness is another one, right? I mean, there's a lot of people who hate their job, but they don't think they should change because, oh, it's just 10 more years, right? But just imagine it's not 10, but it's 20, it's 30, it's 40. So that flexibility in our life has to be adopted to our anticipation of aging. And I think that's going to take the longest, that societal change, right? So it's a very complex thing that we're talking about here. I know we're not going to discuss any big solutions here or find the magic bullet, but still, on what levels do you then see that change happening? Where would, should we as a society focus on? That's difficult to say. I think, I mean, every one of us can contribute some aspects of sustainability, clearly. It starts with every individual to live in a responsible manner. Um, and then, I mean, I think... I have to say, I'm, I'm coming up short here. Um, the, the challenge is that it's 
going to take not a village, it's going to take the entire system to change. So we need to have, I think, an impetus to our political system in order to change the overall system. So and for us as entrepreneurs, scientists, I think we should be the ones trying to influence that political system to catalyze that change across society as one lever. But I'm sure there's many more, I'm just not getting them now. I also under, from your side, Tobias, you know the crypto space very well. So there you also strive for a system change. Do you think that the same can happen in, on a political, societal level with longevity? Not only can, it will, uh, for sure. And I congratulate you all sitting here because this is blockchain 2016, uh, before it got popular. And if you went into, you know, crypto companies in 2016, probably it was fortunate to do so. This is internet 1995. Uh, longevity is huge. People start to have heard the word, but they have not yet gone through the whole thinking process of what it actually means. And what, what we talk about is nothing less than the biggest revolution society. And with this comes a plethora of investment opportunities, which I would argue is the biggest chance for every entrepreneur. This is where you can build companies. And let me give you examples. So, yes, we talk here about supplement companies, yeah? um, bioscience, and so on. But we talk here about lifelong learning. We talk about new forms of living because when you are 85 and you're super healthy and active and your children are by now also whatever, 40, 45, maybe you get a bit lonely in your big house out there. And maybe you're a bit bored being pensioned. So maybe you want to move into a co-living with other active seniors and you still want to travel. And I would argue that, you know, we need solutions there which come with a completely different society. Um, this can be co-living for seniors. It can be, uh, you know, new forms of learning. It can asset management solutions. Because, yes, maybe I don't want to work 100% till I'm 90. But when you ask about a concrete, and I call it a vision I have for societal change, I would say forget the pension system. And by the way, what I always tell all my coworkers, let's not pay the maximum in a pension system because you will never see it again. Pensions don't work. And it's logic. And the pension system was built when you get pensioned with 65 and you die at 70. Uh, now you get pensioned at 65 and you die 100. You here, most likely. That's average. That's a conservative estimation. So it just doesn't work. And that's why I tell you, pay the minimum in your pensions and start finding different ways of investing. And what I would say, the vision I have is, in the future, every 10 years, you get at least half a year mandatory break paid by your whatever pension or asset management solution you must choose. Yeah? In addition to that, you get another 30,000 euros or 30,000 francs for education, but you only get it if you do that education. And the idea should be that you have all 10 years a chance to reinvent who you are, what your career is. Yeah? And this will continue until you die. You do this when you're 70, you do it again when you're 80. Yeah? And maybe when you're 80, you say, you know what, I don't want to work 100%. I'm now a drone pilot or whatever you are by then. Yeah? But I do this on the 50%. That my asset management solution carries the rest of it. But we have a lot of statistical data explaining that people who have a purpose, and job is still a purpose, are definitely suffering less of sicknesses and are happier.
This talk is supported by SmallPDF, the successful Swiss scale-up making PDF easy for over a billion people around the world since 2013. You may remember them from a previous podcast we hosted with their CEO, Dennis Just. Their mission is to make PDFs and life easy for people across the world, a mission made possible with their 90-plus amazing employees across Zurich, Belgrade and Barcelona. If you want to join this fast-growing Swiss scale-up, visit smallpdf.com forward slash Swisspreneur and apply. Alex, I also wonder if you think about you, you being a 20-year-old student today, you know, what Tobias just mentioned, it's just the early beginning, it's just the very right time to start thinking about getting involved in longevity. What would you recommend to your 20-year-old student self? Where would you start? It's definitely what Tobias said earlier. Start immediately, right? Don't wait until you feel the signs of aging. Right? Be proactive. I think that's one. The second is educate yourself broadly, right? And don't consider yourself, let's say, stuffed into one corner because now you studied, I don't know, medicine or you studied business or you studied engineering, right? It's a start. And to me, it's an entry ticket to life. It tells you, hey, I'm smart enough to learn. Right? It tells you that you, know, you have the mental capacity, but it doesn't mean that you have to go down that path. And so retaining that, so to speak, flexibility and investing into your education broadly is a, let's say, second category of uh, advice that I would give. And of course, start a business. Right? Um, you, there's nothing to regret if it doesn't work. I mean, that's most of the time the case. Doesn't mean you got more stupid. Doesn't mean you didn't make experiences which will make you better. Quite the contrary. And today, fortunately, we live in a society where that failure is much more accepted. So take that risk, because you'll see most of the time, I mean, there is a good chance to succeed. And even if you don't, success comes in another mantle. And would you still recommend going to business school, or would you recommend to study something else? Something proper, you mean? <laughs> exactly. So, so I'm business by background for, for those who don't know. Um, and my doctor is a doctor in uh, business, so it's a kind of a fake doctor. Um, but, you know, I, I got here to the medical field, so kind of what I just said in terms of you're not stuck in one area is true for business as much as any other category. But to answer your question properly, yes, I would recommend studying something that has a lot of, let's say, complexity and substance to it, right? Um, I've been told once that um, studying or business is, or a business course or business degree is a lot like a good kiosk owner who does things right, right? It's very intuitive. And yeah, I mean, maybe cap M isn't intuitive, right? But do we really need it? But will you ever again spend the time to learn the basics of cellular mechanisms? No, you only do this while you're studying, while you're young. That's why I would recommend to study something that has complexity that you, know, you can use your time to understand. Because business you can learn later, believe me. <laughs> you agree to be us? I don't know. Uh, no, I don't really agree. I, I probably would say study whatever you think is interesting. Yeah. Do, do what you like. I mean, uh, when I look back at, at my career as an entrepreneur, uh, the companies I was successful with were companies I was highly involved in, in terms of like we, we do something with a mission and I can stand behind it. Yeah? Um, 
It doesn't really matter what you study, in my eyes. It's cool to meet people, build a network, get some tools. But the earlier you're an entrepreneur, the better it is. And I mean, you know, talking about these careers of the next 90 years you have to work something, well, the best education you can have is being an entrepreneur. Because as an entrepreneur, you can switch quite easily from one field to the next one. That's exactly also what I want to talk with you next how are we going to see the change in the work environment in the you know, job industry, basically? You're going to have three or four different careers. Is everybody becoming an entrepreneur now, or how do you see that? There, there is, not everybody is made to be an entrepreneur, yeah? and, and that's absolutely fine. Uh, often people think, oh, being an entrepreneur, this is you know, amazing. Once you are successful, it's amazing. Uh, the, the way there it might be very tough and long. Uh, and it brings opportunity cost, yeah? and by far not everybody who tries this will be successful. But I, I would advocate if you have the feeling that this is fun, then do it. Uh, entrepreneurship should be done for fun mainly. You will learn a lot and maybe you eventually become successful, but it's a lot of work. So uh, what I would argue here is, uh, when we said it before, there is not one career anymore. Uh, so there will be several things you need to learn again, because it will just become irrelevant what you studied yeah? and, and new things pop up uh, and you know I'll give you some examples who would have thought that you know people focusing on philosophy are very sought after today if, if I would have told my parents in you know 1998 when I started studying oh I want to study philosophy I think they would have told me well you can do this but don't rely that we will finance your life yeah? And now it's interesting because AI leaves a lot of questions open when it comes to philosophy. And most likely AI will not cover that field, yeah? while it will cover a lot of other things. Yeah? So if, if you say, hey, uh, you know, uh, accountancy, this is what I'm really fond of, I will be more worried for your career than if you study philosophy. So it's also much more about flexibility and adaptability along the way, and therefore also the system that we have today with just going to university then stop learning or educating yourself, that's a thing of the past. It must go on. I mean, my coolest experience in the last years in education was when I went to Singularity University. That was in 2016. I plan to go again next year. So, you know, you come there and you... Every six, seven years, things change so fast that you want to educate yourself. And it's a big luxury. I mean, I, I love it when I can learn. That's why I like to build companies in fields I have absolutely no understanding for, because that's when you learn most. And I would, I would suggest to all of you, you know, always dive into new fields which are interesting to you, but you don't excel yet, because this is probably where you, you also bring new ideas to it. You know, if, if you have built three fund management companies and now you build a fourth one maybe you do it well but you also know how it works and you will not reinvent something completely new because you do it again as before if somebody new comes and says you know what i do a fund management company but actually i tokenize things well if you talk to existing fund managers tell you it's not possible it is possible you just need to come you know from the outside out of the box thinking and i think that's exactly the chance we all have is sometimes to go into a new field if we are entrepreneurs and just invent a new solution. So Alex, I also briefly want to talk about the momentum in the industry. There are more and more companies getting founded. There's more money being invested in the longevity space. Where do we go from here now? Yeah, that's a good point. 
I mean, um, Tobias has already mentioned it in the introduction. We've come to a point where we understand much more about the aging than we did 10, 20, 30 years ago. And even 2,500 years ago, it was not more fashionable to age, right? Every time they have started to, let's say, counter it. Today, you know, we feel that we actually have a chance to succeed, to at least slow it down and maybe even eventually reverse or stop aging. And that is what creates the momentum, the belief that they can actually succeed, right? We all know about stretch goals, right? If they're too far out, you don't go after them. But I think that the industry has realized that aging may be, an, let's call it, an attainable goal. Still, it's a, a, a long way to go, right? I mean, we are subject to rules of biology that we do not fully understand, right? But we have to abide by these rules. And so we will have a lot of trial and error. Tobias, if you think about the next 12 months, what specific areas of longevity are you particularly bullish about? Mitochondria transplantation. <laughs> of course. Yeah, one of them. I mean, I'm, I'm really fond of the idea that we can start with interventions today. So one of the topics at Maximum we are looking at is uh, longevity walk-in clinics, like beauty salons, but it's not for beauty, it's about rejuvenating yourself. You know, spend half a day. There is incredible success when you, when you talk about blood exchange. Now there is uh, you know, a process called young blood, which was also negatively in the media. I mean, yes, if you're 70 and you take blood from a 19-year-old of the same blood group, this actually rejuvenates you, it works. But it might be not very ethical because then the 19-year-old will give the blood to the rich 70-year-old and not to the, you know, Red Cross. Uh, however, there was a new technology introduced recently and proven that it works. is where you can rejuvenate your own blood. And this, of course, is something amazing. Uh, that's something we work now in, in introduction into the market. So, so these things, you know, which are tangible, we can do it now. That's very exciting. And then, of course, you have the longer shots, you know, stem cell therapies and so on, a lot of potential. But if you ask me how can you build a product around that tomorrow, uh, it might be a bit difficult. Right. I want to be in, in, in the fields where you can bring these things to the street and, and make it happen. And also, to sort of summarize the talk here, I also want to ask a question to both of you. First, you, Alex. Are the overall effects from your perspective of longevity, despite all the challenges we heard, positive or negative? I think positive. Um, we're going to relieve the world of a lot of suffering. And I think we are, as a species, ingenious enough to tackle the challenges. So, positive. Your take on this, Tobias? Uh, well, entirely positive. Because uh, I see my parents, they are 72 and 73 right now. And it started for them since more or less one and a half years that they get these age-induced sicknesses we discussed. You know, they are both healthy in the brain, luckily, but now it hurts here a bit and there a bit and whatever. It's just not cool. And so I think, yes, this helps people a lot. We have a mission here. And by the way, before it's too late, because I should not forget it, if you want to join the mission of being an entrepreneur in this field of longevity, you always can join us at Maximum. We also have our head of talent here. That's Ildiko. Ildiko, stand up. <laughs> <laughs> the lady in red. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we are a platform, and that's one of the reasons we are here. We, we look for bright entrepreneurial talent to, 
is interested in this field of longevity, join us, be it as entrepreneurs and residents, company architects, or maybe you have your own idea and you look for a platform to build. So you, you should be in that sector. I think it's hot. Always be pitching. I learned that from you today. So to wrap up today's uh, session, basically, I have some rapid fire questions for you. So I'm either going to give you an option to choose from or a simple question, and you have to answer in one sentence. You ready? First one is for you to be us alcohol or no alcohol. I have to say yes to that because uh, I, three weeks ago I founded a vodka company called Vodka Zelensky. Uh, <laughs> it, a, it's a charity company where we help Ukrainians with every bottle we sell, 10 Swiss francs go to charity. Um, and all our profits uh, go to charity too. And so, yes, I do like to drink sometimes, of course, in very small quantities. You know, I, I ask you a question. What is it worth to have a long life if you don't have fun? That's worthless. Yeah, absolutely. Alex, next one for you. Carnivore, vegetarian or vegan? Uh, carnivore, sorry. Easy one. Tobias, sleep or exercise? Exercise. Why? Sleeping is nice, but exercise is more fun. Okay. Alex, intermittent fasting or not? <laughs> and for somebody who gets hungry every three hours, I don't think oh, that's tricky. fasting is, that's a, tricky. is an option. Tobias, long or and mediocre life or short and happy? Well, I would definitely go for, if I have to choose between the two, short and happy. But what we are working on here is long and happy. Yeah. And to both of you, first, Alex, what's your favorite supplement? Do you have anything that you can recommend? Alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually don't take um, supplements beyond those presented by my wife, um, which, is, <laughs> which is mostly, I think, vitamins, um, but uh, exercise. For me, yeah. it's uh, definitely... Now, I take indeed one supplement uh, from our portfolio company, Avea. Uh, that's avea-life.com. <laughs> <laughs> Always be pitching. Hey, you're selling. <laughs> no, but uh, that, that's a NAD Plus precursor. I do take this since one and a half years. I'm 43 years old, by the way. Um, and to me, it gave me back an energy level and also a recovery level of when I was about 30. So I, I, I do have, well the feeling that it helps, but we also have the scientific knowledge that it helps, and that's what I do take. Fantastic. So that's it for today. Thank you so much, Alex and Tobias, for joining. Lots of success and all the best for the future. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, you can support us by rating our show on Apple Podcasts. This way, we can reach an ever-growing number of aspiring entrepreneurs.